Uh, welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. The streak had to come to an end at some time. And there you go. So, welcome in to Teal Town After Dark. Let's talk about it. But before we do, do us a favor. Find us on all the social media platforms and make sure you hit the subscribe button. We are everywhere. You know it. You love it. YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Reddit. It's all fine. Find us on your favorite social media area and make sure to follow us there. So with that, um, let's get into this loss. (laughs) 5-2. I don't know what we're going to do. I am your host, AJ underscore strong, and with me, the one and only jerk man. You love to see it. It's a pucknologist takeover. Absolutely. <laughs> we're, we're, we're coming on deck, and you can't say anything. That's right. <sighs> All right. So, the as I stated, the Sharks came into this one on a six-game win streak. Prior to the game, Auntie Suamela called up... Um, Lucas Radil played barely more minutes than Suomela in this game, but uh, I digress. Um, let's start it off early. 3-34. Gambrell's caught high. Melker is down to block, but can't recuperate fast enough. Granlund would slide into the back door, and inside of the first five minutes, that's right at 3-34, we would open the scoring, and Jerk, you have to look at this one and go, well, hey... Shark's going to shark because, you know, that's what they do. They let in a goal in the first five minutes. Yeah, I mean, it's just brutal, brutally unfortunate play for Carlson. I mean, he does the right thing. Melker, he blocks it. And then, of course, it goes right right back to Oscar Clefbaum, who, I mean, hell of a pass over to Marcus Grandlin. But you, you, you hate to see this early in the game the Sharks allowing themselves to be spread out and allowing guys to get away from their man. And, I mean, I'm looking at the replay right now, and there's no reason Granlin should have been way over there by himself as long as he was. No, not at all. <sighs> but then, about a f- <laughs> I'm just saying, it was one of those games. I mean, you knew it was going to happen. You hoped it wasn't against the team that leads your division. But, okay... <laughs> Four and a half minutes later, Cassian buries it one, sort of, because we had to take a look at this at review. Now, I will say, watching this game, the first camera angle that I saw, like, as it happened live, I went, oh, shit, that went in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, you know, you see a couple Edmonton Oilers players going, hey, well, how'd the whistle not go here, guys? And, uh, you know, and, and okay, play on, boys. Let's wait until the next one. And then, of course, they did go back. Look at it on review. I mean, jerk the solid goal. And again, it's the Sharks. I mean, dude, when when if there's a dude on your goalie's doorstep, you might be doing something wrong. Yeah, uh, and of course, no worse guy to get that goal than you know Zach Cashian, who's notable shark killer the last three years. But you're right, same kind of thing. The Sharks missing their men and. Unfortunately, in this situation, like you said, Cashian is right on the doorstep of of Martin Jones, and you can't fault Ferraro there for trying to sweep it out. I mean, I feel like that's what anybody would have done, but at the same time, you'd hope, anyways, that one of your guys down low is thinking, okay, this guy is really close to my goalie. I'm going to clean this guy out, you know? Or not. 
(laughs) (laughs) So uh, about a minute 30 later, a little less than 90 seconds later, Kane gives everybody a little bit of hope as he fires it off Koskinen. It banks off of LeBanc, banks off of Koskinen, goes behind Koskinen. So it banked off of LeBanc. Hashtag no pun intended. But at this point, you got to feel like, oh, okay, Sharks, little bit of a uh, home home mojo, something. Let's keep it going. They, they've come back. They were able to at least get within one. Let's, let's get it together. They also take into account that, at you know, in the first period, the Sharks outshot Edmonton two to one. I mean, it was 18 to nine after the first period. So you got to feel like, oh, okay, maybe it just took him a second to go. Uh, I mean, have you seen a goal like that from LeBanc? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know why you're so shocked. This is exactly how they drew it up. Uh, <laughs> it was, I mean, you take them any way you can get them, right? And and fortuitous bounce for LeBanc, obviously, you know, hit him, hit him right in the right in the pectoral area and then just dropped right behind Koskinen. So you take him any way you can get. And I like seeing LeBanc go hard to the net there to try and make something happen. And Hey, look, something happened, but I was with you, like seeing just where the shots were at that point. And, and even the fact that the Oilers made it three to one to close out the first period, I was still in my head, like, okay, sharks are, you know, giving them the run around here. Like I'm, I'm feeling all right. We're still in this, you know, even though we're down by two here. Yeah. Oh, I completely felt the same way. I was like I, I got that that little vibe of optimism and after Le, after the, the 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 shot would bank off of LeBanc <laughs> a mere <laughs> a mere 40 seconds later LeBanc would draw a hooking call from Cassian. Now, this is the other thing too to take into account is that so far we at this point we had seen Three periods versus Detroit, plus overtime, plus a shootout, and then 10-19 into the first. And it's like, can anybody for the Sharks other than LeBanc score? (laughs) It was just like, LeBanc scored the first one in Detroit, was secondary assist on the second goal, primary assist on the third goal, and then the only guy to score in the shootout versus Detroit. Then he gets the first goal tonight, and it's like, okay, can we all stop talking about LeBanc and looking at his plus minus going, dude, that need that guy needs to step it up. Yeah. He went like, you know, off the score sheet for five games previous, but it's like, oh, okay. Had a couple of good games. Let's see what's going on. However, uh, the power play for the Sharks was powerless. And what really kind of stuck in the craw for Sharks fans, uh, Kyra up high. A lot of crossing in front of Jones, but either way, with 15 seconds left in the first, it's 3-1 Edmonton, and at this point, you're kind of going, I think the streak is over, jerk. (laughs) Yeah, uh, again, this type of goal, um, Jujar Kara's goal here to make it 3-1, this is what I wish the Sharks would have done tonight. I mean, you you look, and you've got... um, You've got two Edmonton Oilers uh, in front of the net, or two of them rather, kind of rotating around the crease, ma- trying to move around, and then you got one guy directly in front of the net getting tangled up with Brendan Dillon here. And I mean, all Car- Jujar Kara has to do is just float it on the net. Jones doesn't even see it; he goes in. 
I wanted to see the Sharks do that. I mean, they even said it on the broadcast. Miko Koskinen, I think Kendall Coyne said it. Koskinen is six foot seven. Put someone in front of him. Yeah. And I, I'm sure we'll talk about it down the road here. But a lot of the shots tonight for the Sharks were low percentage shots where it's like throw it on the net, get the face off, and we'll figure it out. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> so after this, uh, well, the second period starts, and Petey Bohr says, Someone fetch me my blender. <laughs> and so all of a sudden you see Carlson taking Marlowe's place on the third line, trying to find something else going on. And for the most part, the second period, it was just like a little bit of teams changing, you know, low quality chances. Not a lot going on in the second. I thought it was actually kind of a boring period of hockey. 16-20 towards the end, Ferraro would get called for hooking McDavid. Nothing becomes of it oh no i'm sorry a minute later real deal james neal makes his presence known sneaks in behind the d i'm not sure what the hell shimmick was looking at but neal would then make it 4-1 and at that point you're going all right boys streaks over <laughs> yeah y y you you knew that that the sharks were in trouble when when patrick marlowe was on the top line i mean i i, I get it like he's He's the, he's our hero this year, right? But <laughs> you knew the Sharks were in dire straits at this point. And then, yeah, even though uh, even though this situation here, the Oilers' fourth goal by the real deal, James Neal, it's obviously a power play, so you're going to outnumber the defense. But again, the Sharks not doing a good job in this in instance, sticking to their man. I mean, even if Neal doesn't get a stick on this puck, they've got Dreisaitl all by himself at that faceoff dot. And kind of surprised that the penalty killing – slipped a little bit in this instance because i think all season they've i mean statistically they have been the best but just watching it with your own eyes it's not hard to agree with the numbers yeah not at all <laughs> <sighs> so with a minute left dylan would get called for interference and kind of a meh interference and dry side all kind of went down easy but anyway yeah. um so uh, <laughs> so we roll into the third 6.34 in, McDavid would make it 5-1, to one, and it's kind of like, okay, all she wrote, boys. We're done. We're out of here. We're gone. We're we're heading to Vegas early. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't like this one because, again, similar to the first goal by Marcus Granlin, you have an instance where a player is at the side of the net by themselves. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, I see what Vlasic was trying to do there. You know, Vlasic had his. I, I hate to say, oh, well, I had my guy, but you know, Vlasic had his. <laughs> Vlasic had his guy, and then if um, if you go back and watch the replay, which by the way on the Teal Town USA Twitter you can see all these goals in gift form. Uh, Joe Thornton. Nice plug. <laughs> Joe Thornton's like, eh, okay, Connor, just yeah, and just leaves him be, and and give it up to Vlasic. You know, Vlasic covering Cashin, obviously, and then tries to cover McDavid, who is Thornton's guy at the last second. But the thing that stands out to me here is you see Martin Jones. In this instance, he's in the middle of the crease, and then you see him. He splits the legs, try to throw the glove over there and grab it. I'm thinking if if you already feel like you're down and out to do a desperation save, why not just throw your whole body over there? See if you can't block it, maybe swallow it up. I mean, yeah, That's what I'm saying. I mean, I... In general, I'd like to see Jones be more aggressive in that respect. I mean, you, the blue is your area. You can go other places. Just as coach. <laughs> <laughs> but at 943, we would see like the hint of hope 
for a quick second. Burns keeps it in, ends up leading to a Barkley Goodrow goal, six on the season. You get, uh, I mean, dear Lord, you, you got to give it up for Barkley Goodrow at this point. I mean, come on. And the other thing I think we need to take into account is that Matt Benning was hurt in the first. So it's really kind of, I don't want to say pathetic, but it's sad to see the Sharks not taking advantage of the fact that Edmonton was rolling 5D halfway through the first, and they still got blown out of their own building. Yeah, I mean, a couple things, you know, you mentioned, obviously, Matt Benning took a weird stick off the ear by Evander Kane. Definitely no no intent to injure on that one, but still, you, you hate to see a guy take the stick somewhere like that where it's a very sensitive area. But no, you're right. To your point, like you got to take advantage any any advantage any you know light that shines through the cracks. You got to exploit it. And the Sharks didn't really do a good job of that. I mean, in the third period, they did kick it up a little bit, but the first half of that period, it was a lot of just going through the motions. Like, okay, the sooner this game's over, sooner we can get the hell out of here and and get to Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you know. Uh, so hey, somebody needs to pay off Kane's tab. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, I, I wasn't gonna go there, but but like just watching this his goal over again and just like like how good has Goodrow been all year? Oh, like dude, I I've been saying it for a while, man. Ever since that that game seven goal versus Vegas, dude, BDE all up in this bitch, <laughs> all say, up in here. As Rocket would say, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, uh, fun one from Steve Crawford. Uh, these games happen. We go six and one every time. You know, next game is important. Move on. Blah blah blah. No, I get that. I get that. But uh, you know, I I I would much rather see this kind of a game happen against, say, I don't know, Winnipeg or Colorado, not the team that is leading your division. But that's just me. Uh, let's get into the numbers here, real quick, guys. Uh, outshot the Oilers, thirty-five to twenty-nine. So, yeah. But what that doesn't tell you, of course, is what Jerk said, what I said. Quality versus quantity is a it's it's a hell of a drug. Um Sharks own the circle sixty-one to thirty-nine, and that does not tell the actual tale of the tape. It was much more significant early on. But then again, so were shots on goal. Like I said, the Sharks were out shooting them two to one very early on in the first and it see but again quality over quantity blah 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 uh the vaunted sharks power play was victimized to, or the penalty kill was victimized tonight uh going 50 percent and unable to do anything for the two chances that they got hits 35 to 22 in favor of the sharks but of course you're going to lead the hit counter when you don't possess the puck or if your home arena is vegas that absolutely as well um and you know look i'm just gonna call it out it's yet another game that martin jones was sub 900 and the fact of the matter is jones being over 910 is the exception it's not the rule that needs to change if this sharks team is going to go into the play like (laughs) like actually get to the playoffs much less like go deep that needs to change. I'm not saying that it, every goal, all five tonight, were Jones's fault. There was one or two where you kind of go, 
you know, you can kind of shake your head. Did the defense absolutely leave him out to drive? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't. Like, where was the Sharks team that was much more defensively sound the previous couple of games? I don't know. Very odd. But let's get into these bizarre ice time numbers. Lukas Radil does not even hit six minutes. The boy's ass was stapled to the bench tonight which leaves Sharks fans wondering, if that's the case, why the hell is he on the team? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was wondering the same thing. Well, I've been wondering the same thing the last two weeks, but why is – you're right. Why is he on this team? He's – like, okay, he's he's got you I mean, know, I, now, size. hold on. Let me, now, let me preface this. When I say this – I want to say that, look, I get it that when you're down a goal or two, you're going to see the big money guys, the big name guys get more ice time because obviously it's more opportunity to try to score a goal. That said, you know what? When it's down, when you're down five to one and you've been clear, well, four to one and you're clearly getting outplayed, you know what? F it. Just throw up the white flag shirt and give a guy like, you won six in a row you're clearly not playing well. You know what? Give a couple of guys like Gambrella Radil a little more ice time to see what they can do in this kind of a situation. But I'm sorry, jerk. Go ahead. I was just, you know, it's just, you're right. You're right. Like if you're already down, yeah. Rest the top guys. Give, give the guy, the lower in the lineup guys, give them more time. See what happens. And, I mean, I, I, I wasn't overly thrilled with Gambrell's game tonight, but I didn't exactly hate it either. You know, I, I thought he did the best he could given all the circumstances. But going back to what I was saying, I mean, Lukas Radil, 5 minutes, 53 seconds. He played 4 minutes and 6 seconds less than Gambrell. Like, I'm, I'm finding myself wondering, as you alluded to earlier, why is he on this team? Leon Bergman has – I mean, keep in mind, this, this pool of guys who kind of rotated through the fourth line, they all – have the distinction of having no points, which obviously is is bad. But as we've seen with fourth lines in the past, you don't need to have points to provide a positive effort. I thought Noah Gregor has well, been the dude. Let me say two words to you, Melker effing Carlson. Yeah, prime example. And Melker Carlson did get some time on the third line as well, which is evidence of that. But you know, Noah Gregor has played on that fourth line. I think he's been phenomenal despite having no points. I've liked. The stre- some stretches of your Tyken. I think Bergman has looked good there. And I know we called up, the Sharks called up Suomela earlier this morning, so logic would tell you that maybe he gets into the next game against Las Vegas Knights, but... See, and I couldn't I couldn't disagree with you more. And the okay. reason being, no, because I'm going full PDB here, uh, I feel like the next game, because it's a heavy knuckle dragging mouth breather team in Vegas <laughs> that you're going to see it would not surprise me if they sit Ferraro because they want to get Prout in well Prout's hurt well then really <laughs> play him <anyways>. who cares <laughs> yeah play him anyways man get his face in. how did Prout get hurt already it was one game <laughs> well so I know he was in a fight but still that yeah that's what I was gonna say is is I, I'm not a doctor or anything but I I would advise I would advise against getting in a fight after coming back from a concussion of course that's just me but I, I do want to say one more thing about Radil, and then we can leave him alone, unfortunately. No. Uh, <laughs> so Lukas Radil is 
Uh, he's six foot four. And if you're unaware of the height of individuals, yes, he's six foot four, which ties him as being the tallest sharks forward. But as AJ's, yes, with Joe Thorne, but as, as AJ's, uh, reaction to what I just said tells you, he didn't know he was six foot four because he doesn't play like he's six foot four. He has size. If you're looking at this Las Vegas Knights team, Radil makes the most sense from a size perspective. Six foot four, two hundred five pounds, mm-hmm. big boy. Maybe he'll hit you. Maybe he'll shoot the puck. Get some chances. This guy plays. I I don't want it, this to come off the wrong way, but he th- for those who don't know, Rocket Backhander is about what five foot three, five foot four. Oh, he with plays, heels. He plays like he's Rocket Backhander sized. Yeah. Like no, you, you're not you're, wrong. you're the biggest guy on the team. Like if you're not going to score goals, knock someone over. Like, <laughs> absolutely like it's the whole idea you go back to um god um what's what's the movie um the three guys the three goofballs from way back <laughs> in the day the old hockey movie come on oh uh, the- uh slap shot yeah slap it's like slap shot where you got paul newman he's like you know get your stick in there let him know you're there that all that type of stuff uh, that that's the whole thing with Radil. It's like, dude, if you're not going to put up points, if you're not going to be that guy, okay, fine. Then you need to be a physical presence on this team. You need the other team to be aware that, okay, watch out for 52. He's on the ice right now. You need mm-hmm. to be that guy. And yeah, Radil is not that guy. So Suomela gets the call up. We saw Gregor sent down. Now Suomela had uh for those of you unaware uh he had he had two goals in an absolute shit show of a game versus the San Diego goals <laughs> but he had two goals in that game and i believe the next game he also had a goal suamella has had has strung together a couple good games definitely deserves a call up i like what you said about gregor though i didn't hate his game Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he brought some speed. I, I liked what he was doing, but I do believe it's a case of, uh, you know what? Suomela's doing well. Like he's earned his call up. Let's see. You, you know that the sharks would love to see him be that, that fourth center. If, you know, if things work out, okay. That see, that's the whole thing to me is that for the longest time, the sharks had some good sized, decent centers. Couture, good, hefty guy, Thornton. Pavelski, these are like, you know, strong guys. And then you look at Gambrell and Suomela and you kind of go, mm, you know, not the, you, both these guys could put on a little bit of weight. <laughs> I uh, Hurdle, big guy. Yeah. I, and, and Hurdle is, is like deceivingly big. Like yes. he's, he's only six foot two. And for those who don't know, he's only an inch taller than me, but I feel like he would tower over me. Yeah. See, <laughs> it's funny the way you were talking about Radil earlier. That's what I look at at Hurdle. It's like six, two, I think he's like six, two, two, ten or something like that plays like he's six, four, two, forty. Yeah. And I just going back, you know, you, you mentioned centers and that kind of thing. With, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Suomela uh, play on the wing. It certainly wouldn't be yep. the craziest thing to ever see. But I'm almost wondering, you know, the, the conspiracy theory part of my brain, is it's activating here. I'm wondering if against Vegas, DeBoer's going to be like, ah, you know what, Gambrell, why don't you, why don't you uh, sit this one out? And then it's... <laughs> I was just about to say the same thing, dude. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if Gambrell... If he he's clear, right? He can go down without having to pass. 
Um, I'm pretty sure. Give me two seconds, and I will tell you. I don't. I don't know if he's hit the. Yes, threshold. he can. Yeah. Yes, he can. So it, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Gambrell gets sent down for a couple games or two. Now, as I say that, excuse me while I whip this out. <laughs> okay, it's it's on here harder than I thought. <laughs> I I just think like it to me that would be really unfortunate because if. Another plug, you know, one of our good buddies, Kevin Kurz, obviously wrote a really good piece for The Athletic today saying Gambrell was kind of meh and then he got hot and it hasn't really been a whole lot to talk about lately. I, I've said it many times before. I said it on our show, The Pucknologists, where when Gambrell's feeling good, like he can be the best player on the ice. And it's – I don't know what's going on, but the Sharks and DeBoer and, and team need to find a way to get Gambrell into a good spot. And I, I – I, I, I do kind of have a kind of have a bias towards Noah Gregor. I, I'm a big Noah Gregor fan, and I know he looked good with Noah Gregor, so maybe that's an option. But I, I think if the Sharks can somehow figure out to get Dylan Gambrell going, I think it's going to be huge for yeah. the lineup as a whole. Well, in, in talking about Gambrell, talking about being sent down, uh, the Barracuda play three games in the next four nights starting tomorrow. They host Tucson. Off on the 21st when the Sharks play at Vegas. Then they the CUDA faces Colorado on both the 20th or the 22nd and the 23rd. So, you know, a Friday and Saturday. I mean, is that a quick stint? Do you give him that as an option to try to, like, bring his game back? I don't know. It's, it's definitely an option. But we can still go back to the case of... The Sharks let go Pavelski, Nyquist, and Donskoy. This is a team that, you know, look, the, the, their, their wins, it's four goals, six goals, two goals, six goals, five goals, four goals. They've gone through stretches where they're able to put up markers, clearly. Now, you look at a couple of these and you go, it would also be nice if they could put the defense together with that, especially that Minnesota game where at one point they led like what five to one, and then lo- or uh, and then won six to five. So you look at a game like that. I just, how do you deal with the with the fact that the Sharks literally let go of three guys that would be a fantastic second line on more than half of the teams in the league? So uh, I'm I'm glad you brought up Gus Nyquist. Oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> for those, you know, for those because who... for those of you who don't know, you <laughs> usually have to go through a few duck Nyquists before you get a goose. Yes, very true. Um, I I you know what I'm I'm on the record I'm on the record both as a logical individual and as somebody who has a heart. Gus Nyquist should have stayed. He could have stayed. Blah blah blah. His Twitter bio still says San Jose Sharks, but. <laughs> <laughs> True story. Nice. You can go check. Um, but no, you're right. I, I, with the departure of these guys, I mean, you would love to see one of them stick around, but losing all three of them, obviously, like it doesn't take a genius to realize, like, okay, everybody's got to step up here, and we're starting to get into the situation of if you remember the Sharks, maybe seven to ten years ago, where like. The big dogs were the big dogs, and then everybody else beneath them. It was like, okay, we'll get a goal every five games, and that's really all. That's really all you're going to hear from us. And I'm starting to see this now, where it's like 
you need, as I mentioned, uh, like a Dylan Gambrell, who this is his third pro season, um, if you count the three games he played two years ago. Uh, and, you know, yeah, Dylan do you, Gambrell, Lucas Radzi. Do you think this is like a make or break for Gambrell this season? And and, and as well, Radil? <laughs> Radil's 29. Like, like the, the bus. <laughs> make or break has, was two years ago, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> the, 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 the bus. The bus has left the station. The only reason he's still on it is because it got a flat tire around the corner. But yeah. with Gambrell, I mean, keep in mind, like, aside from everything, you know what I mean? Dylan Gambrell is still only 23 years old. That's very young, and he did have a college career, which obviously delays your ascension to the pro league, we'll call it. I, I wouldn't say it's make or break for him as an NHLer, but it might be make or break for him uh, in the San Jose Sharks organization just because yeah. – now you let know, me ask, but let me ask you this: Do you think the Sharks brought him up too soon? I I think based on based on how he played uh, with the University of Denver in his last year there, I think the Sharks brought him in. I think it made a lot of sense for them to bring him in. I mean, he was over point per game with Denver. Obviously, signed pro and the stats for for those who are unfamiliar with NCAA hockey and college hockey in general, and I, I include myself in that conversation. But generally, if you're point per game, like like point per game is the indicator of somebody who's really good um, in the terms of college hockey. And so I think the Sharks brought Gambrell in at the right time just based on the fact his last year with Denver, he did have 43 points in 41 games. But I don't know if it's a situation where – I don't know. Like maybe, maybe he came up to the NHL too soon. They didn't put him with the right line mates. I mean, there's so many different ways you can slice it. And obviously, you know, his stats that he had with the Barracuda, 45 and 51 last year, like that should tell you that he's at least on the track to being a good player. But I would like to see, given how well he's played in the AHL, given how well he played at the University of Denver, I would like to see him make more of an impact in, uh, there was a one of the preseason games against Calgary. He was struggling the first two periods, and then, like I said, when he got that confidence and that 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 you know that that swagger to him, he potted two goals right away. And I'm like, we need to see this all the time because I still think he could be a big player for the Sharks. Yeah, the only guy who scored in Game Six was St. Louis. Hey now, yeah, and it was a hell of a snipe too. Right. Uh, oh, Anthony Sanchez on the chat right now. Sharks new fourth line: Goodrow, Suomel, and Gambrell. Uh, yeah, you might be able to call that the CUDA line, but if you think that Goodrow is going back down to the fourth line, you are kidding yourself. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that the Sharks just have no depth on the right wing. Let's be honest. And <clears throat> excuse me, that was actually something that was pointed out. I can't remember by who, but it was an interesting take that it was, here's the key to beating the Sharks is when you're in your own offensive zone. So when you're in the Sharks' defensive zone, try to keep the play to the left side because all their money's on the right. It's on, you know, it's in Burns. It's in Carlson. So let's try to keep it to the other side. And conversely, when you're in the defensive zone, let's keep the play to the other side because all their money is in Meyer in Kane and on the left side. So let's keep everything to the right. It's an interesting take if you think about it, just based on the money and what they're looking at. Um, but we know the, we know the deal people. Um, Doug Wilson put all his money in Eric Carlson's basket. 
now I've I've you know I'm on record not being the biggest Eric Carlson fan and smarter far more intelligent NHL hockey people than me are in the same boat so don't at me at them first then you can come at me but if you're making if you are the highest paid NHL defenseman not in your division not in your conference in the entire league you need to be vying for the Norris trophy at least two or three years out of your eight-year contract and so far I don't know anybody that would look at Eric Carlson right now and say oh dude definitely a Norris nominee I don't think anybody's saying that right now so it's go ahead go ahead no it's no it, it it's you're right it's it is when you're the high, you are the highest paid defenseman in the NHL on the team. You you should be in the conversation for the Norris and and I mean slow start had a kid recovering from the groin. They're they're all there. They're all valuable excuses. But I don't I don't I just feel like <laughs> I feel like whatever I'm gonna say is gonna piss somebody off. Of course, it uh, always will when it comes to Carlson. That guy has a ridiculous amount of defenders, and I get it. You know, you you look at it and maybe, again, I'm still going to go with saying that, you know, there's so many people that sit there and go, well, you know, Burns is minus right now. Is see, At least Carlson's gotten out of the basement on plus minus. Burns is still, you know, holding down the floor. And, yeah, I get that. But the other thing being is that, well, you know, EK65 is also making $4.5 million more. Um, and, and you made a great point before where it was i mean not on this show but earlier where it's like you already have a brent burns why did you need another one but um and then hold on let's take a look at anthony sanchez here on the chat for a second but look at dowdy he is having a poor season too (laughs) see now to me yeah but is dowdy playing on a team that has another dowdy i was gonna well that and you know who else is having a poor season? His Everybody whole in team. LA. Yeah, I was going to say the I mean, entire squad. It's definitely a valid point because Drew Doughty makes five hundred thousand dollars less than Eric Carlson does, so it's definitely a valid point. But Carlson is in a position to succeed. I mean, he's got a really good whether he's playing with Brendan Dillon or Mark Vlasic, he's got a really good defense partner, and the forwards as as much as they've taken a hit. Um, from the last off season, he's still got a lot of good options. He can whip that puck up to, yeah. and sometimes I, puts a little too much smoke on the passes. But go ahead. Yeah, well, well, I was going to say, do he definitely was not a Norris Trophy defenseman tonight? But I don't necessarily think he was the worst defenseman tonight either. Like I think, oh no, not at all. I just think this whole it, it's kind of hard because even though the Sharks did kind of get shellacked a little bit, I final score five two. I. I just think, generally speaking, everything was kind of like, bleh, you know what I mean? Like, not one person, aside from Red Deal, not one person did I identify as being like, okay, you like Suck. need to, yeah, you need to, you need to sit in the press box next game, or you need to get like get your ass in gear or something. Like, there was never any of that. Like, it was just a collective meh effort all around. Safer, I mean, you know, our new friend Kevin LeBanc, but. Uh, <laughs> something I is something I saw in the chat, and I am gonna kind of backpedal a little bit here, but sure. I have a conspiracy. I had a conspiracy theory in my head when we brought this up earlier, and seeing it in the chat made me think of it again. <sighs> oh my god, I love conspiracies. Go ahead. 
like, would you be that pissed off if, like, Gambrell got to stay in the lineup and Suomela also got to play, but it was because Joe Thornton was healthy scratched? No, no. And Joe Thornton made a huge case for himself tonight to be scratched. <laughs> I he mean, he, he, he's a le- he's a legend, Hall of Famer, Absolutely. Hell, hell of a player. But this season, he has been like not good. I mean, no, six we're, we're six, talking, what, six what, assists in twenty two games. Yeah, we're we're twenty two games in. Granted, he's take taken a diminished role. He understands that it started last season. Uh, but in, again, I was at that game versus Minnesota a week or and a half ago, wherever it was. And I'm just sitting there watching him like isolated on viewing him on a couple shifts. And I'm going, holy crap. The old legs are on display tonight. And yeah, it's, um, we've even seen it where like, Thornton is like, what What did they say? A spa day earlier? So maybe Thornton. See, the other thing, too, is that Thornton's spa days could become far and few between because between now and the end of the month, there's only one back-to-back situation, and it's at the end of the month. There's another one, 7th and 8th, when they're on the road. And I'm looking at the schedule here. There's two other ones that are sandwiched around Christmas. I don't know. It's, it's, it's going to be tough. But then we go back to the whole thing. It's like, Okay, we want to give Jumbo a night off. Who the hell do you put in that spot when you are lacking depth at forward? There's a lot of things to talk about with that. Uh, but before we get back to you, Jerk, I want to address a couple things in the comment if uh, in the comments if I can. Uh, like a tiger, uh, you know, I'm and I'm used to it. I'm used to it. Uh, are we just going to beat up on EK65 every game? Pickles wasn't great tonight. Uh, w- we haven't beat up on EK65 every game, but yes, Pickles was not too great tonight. Was not great tonight. But as Jerk said, the entire defensive core was kind of meh tonight. Not a lot of things to be excited about whatsoever. I, oh my God! Hold on. We we was, have, well, go ahead. I was going to say, I would say, save for Brendan Dillon, I think everybody on the defense probably has something they would like to have done better at. And, oh, yeah. And also, side note, AJ can attest to this. Oh, actually, I'm going to ask you, AJ. This entire season, who do you know that has probably defended Eric Carlson the most? Not me. Yeah, okay, but my point <laughs> my point is, my point is me. So, <laughs> there, there's no dumping on him here, like... Sure, he hasn't been good, but you know, there's 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 something there. Anyways, oh, go I ahead. Mean, with your, dude, go ahead. No, he had he put together a string of games during this this win streak, the six game winning streak. You know, that's what I think is so funny too. It's like you see some people, and it that's that's the great thing about these sports, and it, it's all the different viewpoints that are all circled around everybody. And you look at some people and they go, you know, the reason for these last six wins, it's because. Eric Carlson has like started to find his groove just like he did last season. Um, the personal problem, or I don't want to say problems, the personal issues, uh, you know, he's got a beautiful, healthy baby daughter. And so now that the, he's kind of gotten beyond that, now he can focus a little bit more on hockey. And that's what the last six game win streak has been all about. Then you get the opposing opinion. It's like F Eric Carlson, Radim Shimmick is God. 
and he's the key to everything. You know well, what he, I mean? Well, There's he just, is. <laughs> well, yes. But it's just funny to see all the different back and forth pieces to it. It's a lot of fun to watch as a hockey fan. Um, and and over the last week or so, I've uh, I, I've tried this new thing of not taking anything seriously anymore, especially when it comes to social media. I'm like, you know what? If you say something uh, silly towards me, I, I'm not um, I'm not engaging. I'm like I, I I you know I had my piece a couple weeks ago and that was it and that was the end of everything. So and you know what? Uh, life is a lot better now. Uh, well, so. as 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 we like to say around here, especially on Twitter, some tweets meant as jokes. Yes, some tweets meant as jokes. <laughs> so let me ask you this: When it comes to the fourth line at this point, when do you want to see Tim Heed in as a forward? <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, man, I mean, <laughs> I don't I, have a problem with it. To be honest with you, no, that's how bad the depth is on this team right now at forward. Like his his offensive instincts are really good, and. Like I would be curious to see how it shakes out to, for a comparable here. Oh, <laughs> stir the beast. Who doesn't? Yeah, uh, you know the Rangers. They have Brendan Smith on their roster, who's a defenseman. He's played a majority of this season as as a right winger to the point where like fantasy leagues and roster modules are designating designating him as such. So it's clearly not unheard of. And I think, like I said earlier, Tim Heed does have the offensive instincts to maybe chip in on that fourth line. But as, as we've seen, this coaching staff lacks some creativity, we'll say. Um, you know, it's very much things are falling apart. Okay, put Melka Carlson with Joe Thornton, and that's it. But uh, something I noticed, too, if you recall Pucknologist episode 81, which dropped, I want to say, yesterday or the day before. Kaboom. Uh, Sunday yeah. night, bitches. Yes, sir. <laughs> Sunday Sunday night, the seventeenth of November, twenty nineteen. Um, year of our Lord, year of our, yes, our year of our Shimmick. Yes, uh, we we were talking back and forth, and I was I was mentioning how Marcus Sorensen looks like he's playing down to Joe Thornton a little bit, not utilizing his speed and that sort of thing. I think tonight, I think Sorensen dictated the play a little bit more. I think he was trying to get Thornton to play up to his level, and I noticed that a couple times where like somebody with the sh- on the Sharks would like fly around the net with the puck and that's Thornton I'm like what the hell like that's this is not seen at all this year so I think or I hope anyways that Sorensen can start to be the driver on that line and get Thornton up to his speed as opposed to vice versa because there were a lot of games where I'm just watching Sorensen and I'm like dude you're faster than this like what are you doing yeah no absolutely and uh let's just throw this up in here well let's put the kibosh on this comment real goddamn fast uh, Rye Bob, Rob Iman, Shortridge should start against Vegas. Dude, Shortridge should not start against Vegas. Cornash should not start against Leave the CUDA players alone. Everybody got, you know, everybody saw Cornash put up back-to-back shutouts at the end of October versus Colorado and versus Bakersfield. Cornash put, what has Cornash done since then? Not he's, a whole lot. He's lost three, uh, three, or is it four of six games? Somewhere in there. I got to check. Either way, up until uh, Sunday, when was the waffle? Sunday night. Up until Sunday night, the waffle game, the Barracuda couldn't buy a win. So let's stop the Cornash crap. Let's stop Short Ridge. Let anything. Warren Stralo does not live here anymore, children, as much as we would like him to. 
Nabokov is not coming out of retirement. Dell and Jones are are the guys that Wilson has hitched his wagon to. Now, at the end of the season, it could be a little different for Dell, but either way, Jones still has a ridiculous amount of time left on his contract. This is the goalie you need to get behind, good or bad. Unfortunately, there's been far more bad than good. That was the point that I was making earlier when looking at his numbers. And this is the thing that I find so funny sometimes on social media. You point out that Jones, oh, that's a save that Jones needs to make. Immediately, you get a few Sharks fans, well, Jones would have made that save if the defense didn't hang him out to dry. Okay, fine. I'll roll with you on that. And then you sit there and say, Ooh, that's a play that, you know, Shimmick needs to pick up his defender better or Ferraro needs to play the man there or whatever. But you call out the play in front. And then the response from the other half of Twitter is, well, if Jones could stop a goddamn beach ball, it wouldn't have mattered. So it's you can't win. You literally can't win. It just comes down to numbers. And right now, Jones is unfortunately not putting up the numbers. Again, sub-900 average. This is something that happened at the beginning of last season and carried on mostly throughout. So far, over the last 18 months, jerk, we have seen an insanely inconsistent Martin Jones. Yeah, it it, it hasn't been good, obviously. I mean, I, the easy... The easy responses to say oh trade for this guy trade for that guy buy this guy out and it's like no like you said the other thing too is you need to have money right which the sharks you know with gregor going down they do have just a skosh under two million dollars in cap space but with suamela coming up the number's a little bit worse i could get into the whole deadline cap space thing but just follow me on twitter at hockey underscore jerk if you want to understand that uh remember you have to pay for responses this yes um like you said AJ, uh, the Sharks have hitched their wagon to Martin Jones. And as much as he struggled and he has his flaws and X, Y, and Z, the Sharks have made it clear that this is their guy. They believe in him. They trust him. Yes. I, I, I As much as it I, – I, I know a lot of people are not going to like this because of how poorly he has played at times. You have to stick with your guy. You do. And you, let me let – me, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. But I just, it, for all the back and forth about Martin Jones, and, you know, I, I, I would like him to be more consistent. I would like him to put up a better number. But can we talk about Alex Stalock this season for a moment? Former Sharks backup. You want to talk about a picture of inconsistency? The boy has played nine games this season, all right? This can't, I can't remember why this came up, but the guys played nine games in nine games this season. Now, granted, not all of these are 60 minutes time on ice, but at the beginning of the season, he came in to spell Dubnik versus Pittsburgh and put up a 909. Against Ottawa, shutout. The following game, 879, a loss. The game after that, shutout. Well, and but again, that was another case of spelling Dubnik, but put in with 38 minutes left against Edmonton. And we all know Drysaddle and McDavid are killing it on the score sheet. And 
Staloc stoned them. The next game, played the full game, 8-10. Game after that, 9-68. You know, so, I mean, it, it, so you, you get my point here. I mean, I'm looking at the numbers. It's like, shut out. 810, 968, 861, then 935, then 667 against San Jose, miraculously enough. Uh, But it just goes to show you that, you know, it's not as if Jones or another goalie are the the only ones that are streaky in the league. Mm -hmm. It happens. Again, my whole thing is two things. Like, yeah, does the defense in front of Jones need to be better? Absolutely. But does Jones need to be a more consistent stopper? Absolutely. It, and it this goaltending, it's <clears throat> excuse me, it's another, it's a very tough, tough nut to crack, right? Because like if you're, we talked about this on the Pucknologist as well, but like if the defense slips, like you want your goalie to make the save there, right? But at the same time, if your defense is totally locked in. And doesn't allow a lot of shots to get on net. Then when the shots do get on net, and they go in. It's going to look worse than it actually is. So goaltending, you have to you have to kind of look at everything and take them as they are. And it's hard to make make a statement based on just one side of everything. And mm-hmm. uh, we and like you said, AJ, like Jones is not the only goalie who deals with this. I mean, take take a example here, Carey Price. A lot of people consider him to be the best goalie in this world that we live on earth and the sharks the sharks light him up once a year so yeah no i'm just saying (laughs) um uh oh look at that puck guy trying to produce i like it i like it from peter DeBoer. the first period i thought we put a lot of pressure on them i would agree with that yes despite a 3-1 no. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> no, they did. They did. I thought you again. Shots on goal, mm, quality over quantity. But the Sharks did outshoot them eighteen to nine. Also, DeBoer, the Oilers played heavier and harder than last time, and more desperate than last time. Well, I should friggin' hope so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you got your butt kicked the last time you were here just a week ago. Uh, 13 Sharks got on the score sheet the last time the Oilers were in San Jose. So, yeah, I would hope that you would bring a heavier and harder game and be pissed off. Um, dude, we, you also need to call out the, the, the obvious right now. Connor McDavid, but especially Leon Dreisaitl, they are friggin' scoring machines right now. They lead the NHL. The oh my god, Edmonton Oilers, their hope if one of those guys gets injured for any significant amount of time, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, McDavid, uh, McDavid had three points tonight, which gives him 43 on the year. Which keep in mind, sick, we're 22 games in, people. (laughs) Yes, we're 22 games in, and uh, Leon Dreisidel had an assist tonight, so that gives him 40. Four on the year, forty-five and, on the year. You know, in fact, I'm looking it up right now. If we prorate this, Dreisaitl is on pace for 227 points this season. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's like, I mean, you obviously with these kinds of things. I mean, how how like guys will have, you know, point per game stats at you know it'll be like between 1.9 and and 2.5. Like we've seen that before, but that's usually when. 
somebody gets like a goal and two assists in the first game of the season, not a quarter of the way through. Like a, a smart person would say, oh, they're not going to hit 165 points. But like, at what point do they stop? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Too. I'm seeing far more dry saddle jerseys in the building in Edmonton than I am Gretzky jerseys. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to upset anybody. But uh, let's just say one of the people on this podcast does own a dry saddle jersey. You know. Just saying. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's dive into the final numbers here for this game. Again, I, I will say this is one of the rare games that just numbers wise. PDB did split the the shifts pretty evenly the way he tends to do on defense where you see the lowest amount of minutes played tonight, oddly enough, by Shimmick at 729, and the top out point was 2227 by Burns. Now, you got to take that you know into account that three weeks ago or maybe even two weeks ago, but either way, pre, you know, pre-Shimmick, uh, Lord and Savior, that Heed was playing in games where he was getting four and a half, five minutes. Or the, the Dalton Prout the other day. Holy crap. I don't <laughs> I, I like I think he played like four and a half. Now granted, he spent seven minutes in the penalty box, but still not great against Anaheim. Uh so you want to have that defense a bit more evenly spread out. But uh-huh. uh again it wouldn't be a Sharks game if PDB didn't find somebody's ass to staple to the bench. Tonight it was Lucas Radil. We'll see who it is against Vegas on Thursday. Uh, you look at that. Dylan Gambrell didn't, ca- didn't crack 10 minutes tonight. Um, Melker, despite being brought up or down, depending on how you look at it, <laughs> replacing Marlowe on the third line, only 12 and a half tonight. So it's uh, yeah. So let let's get into a couple f- final things here before we uh, move on to uh, give you that that nice little uh, pickle tickle. Um, where where the hell is Timo Meyer? Yeah, I I I don't know, and it's it's starting to get frustrating at this point. I mean, obviously, dude. When- like when when a guy is slumping, like slumps happen for everybody, and and you're gonna work out of him. But like with the, like he's got five goals on the year. Like this is a guy who I said was gonna hit forty, right? And and we're a quarter way, we're more than a quarter way into the season. And let's also take into account that we all remember the game. Uh, who was that against? Who was it when Couture like yelled at them saying, "What the hell are you guys doing?" You're playing? that was against. It was when they were in Eastern Nashville? Canada. No, it was when they were. Well, it was in overtime. I think they might have been in oh, Buffalo. Eastern Canada. Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo, where it's uh, both LeBanc and Meyer got called out. And LeBanc responded. Timo really hasn't responded. And I don't know if he's playing with an injury. I don't know what's going on. Uh, but this is not your your dad's Timo Meyer. I don't know who this cat is. But like you said, dude, it's like potted 30 goals. And we remember Kane last year, 30 goals. And it was like, oh, my God, if these guys, you know, 35, 36, hell, one of these guys might hit 40. And, you know, Kane is on track to, like, yeah, he might hit 40. Where the F is Timo freaking Meyer? And we even saw Timo get, like, a little spark when he got moved from Couture's line to Hurdle's line. But, dude, where the hell is Timo Meyer? Yeah, it's... It... Like, I, I don't know how to describe it other than that it's just frustrating because, 
like like we've both talked about, this is a guy who's supposed to drive the bus here, especially I know I've talked about it a lot, but the chemistry that he's got with Logan Couture, or at least he had with Logan Couture last year, was like the best pair on the team. And now all of a sudden, like he's getting moved to the fourth line and he's moving down with Hurdle and he's playing with Thornton and he's doing this and doing that. And it's like, I, I, I just don't know. I don't know what you can do at this point aside from just letting him work it out. I mean, even though he's not really bringing anything to the table, I still think healthy scratching him is the wrong move. No, no, don't want to do that. I, I think as frustrating as it is because he only has five goals this year, I think you just need to let him figure it out and hope that he figures it out. Because, I mean, like we said, like with like Pavelski, Nyquist, and Donskoy, these guys leaving goals got to come from somewhere. And when you're expected to go from 30 to maybe flirting with 40, like that's a lot on your shoulders. And he just got a big contract over the summer as well. So I, I'm not saying that he's a bust and he sucks and we should trade him, but I'm saying like this is the wrong time to be slumping. I mean, I, I don't want to play that what if game because well, I think the, the what if game no, is. No, the, the wrong time to slump is in April, May, and June, but go ahead. Well, of course, but, <laughs> but I, and you know, I, it's, it's well-documented. I don't like playing the what if game, especially with something like hockey where it's always a mystery and you never know what can happen. But like yeah. if Timo Meyer is playing the way we want him and we expect him to play, like, where is this team at? Yeah, no, it's like, really I, weird. I like can... this is like, I felt that like at one point, like Timo was going to be like, kind of like the next Owen Nolan for this mm-hmm. team. I mean, I still think he can be, mm-hmm. but but it, it it's you can't afford to be slumping for this long. Like if you're gonna slump, you got to get out of it quick. Yeah. And I know to just like perusing the schedule really quickly here, but there are definitely a couple games. I mean, I look at the game against Buffalo. I look at the game against uh, the Toronto Leafs. I look at the game against the Anaheim Ducks at the beginning of the season. Like these are games where a goal from Timo Meyer could have made a difference. Absolutely. So now that now that said, when he hits thirty goals this year, I'll shut the hell up. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um. Uh. So a couple things here, J.F. Turner. I'm going to agree and disagree with you. <laughs> Radil and Melker need to be scratched. Bring up Suomela and Blickfeld and see if we can get done secondary scoring. I think that's English, but I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> uh, I'm going to agree with you. Radil, yeah. No, he. I think we've seen enough of Radil to know what he is and to know that it is not a fit for the Sharks. Melker, on the other hand, uh, I still think that Melker is a guy who uh, does not get enough kudos for what he does. Similar to the way that Vlasic, for the longest time, is was a guy who was never involved in the Norris conversation, although he should have been. Because the thing with Vlasic, when you rate him, you don't look at his points. You, you don't look at his goals and his assists. You look at what the top line did in that game that Vlasic played in. If you see that Vlasic is matched up against McDavid and Dreisaitl, and whenever Vlasic's out there, McDavid and Dreisaitl don't score. Their shots on goal are insanely low. That's how you rate that. There should be a different trophy for like defensive defensemen, and it should be 
absolutely considered with that stat in mind. That's just my personal outlook. Um, let's look here for a couple more things. In fact, uh, I'm going to jump in here to the stats, then we'll take, we'll kind of throw it to the uh, chat section. Again, if you really want me to see what your chat is, do us a favor, use the super chat option. Donate and support to the show and highlight your comment, and I will definitely read it. Tonight, the Sharks had the opportunity to slingshot uh, a bit higher up into the standings. Of course, that did not happen. So right now, unfortunately, still suck, <laughs> suck, still stuck <laughs> in the seventh spot. Wow, the way that, that worked out. Uh, stuck in the seventh spot with 21 points. Anaheim just ahead of them with 22. Calgary just ahead with 23. Vancouver just ahead with 24. Vegas just ahead with 25. What I'm saying here, kids, and that is all with 10 games played with the exception of Vegas, who has 11. So if San Jose goes on another ridiculous run, now based on their upcoming schedule, could be interesting to make that happen. But either way, if Vegas or if <laughs> Vegas, if the Sharks do go on another sick run where they're just like six straight. Uh, they could very easily slingshot themselves up into the top three, at the very least, the wild card. But uh, it doesn't get easier with going to Vegas on Thursday. Then you have the juggernaut that is the New York Islanders. Who knew that they would get better by getting rid of John Tavares? Uh, <laughs> But then you have uh, L.A. Uh, the, if that's not a walk, I don't know what should be. But then again, we're talking about a San Jose Sharks team that shit the bed to Ottawa. Uh, then you have Winnipeg. But then you have L.A. yet again. I mean, come on. And then at Arizona, which for me should be an absolutely spectacular match. And in fact, I want to bring that up for a hot second. Allow me to whip this up. <laughs> November 30th. Okay, for all the where where my local people at? That's what I'm saying. For the 58 currently watching right now, where are my local peeps at? Because what I want to do for you is let you know. The 30th, Saturday, November 30th, we're having a watch party. Okay, have you ever heard of stuffed pizza? Have you ever heard of IBU Tap Room? Well, that's where it's going down, guys. Saturday, November 30th. We're going to be having some pizza, we're going to be having some beers, and we're going to be watching some Sharks hockey. Now, hopefully we don't kill anybody because the fact of the matter is we're playing the Desert Dogs at a beer establishment. Just saying, drink a lot of water because there will be a lot of Desert Dog mentions. So come on down, and you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, for the people that are watching, do you see what is hanging out over my left shoulder over here? Do, do you see that cool Sharks Freak jersey? We're going to have that available. We're going to be doing some raffles. We're going to be doing some giveaways for this game. So I want to see some thumbs ups. I want to see some likes right now. I want to see our subscribes go up a couple. But somebody is going to win this jersey behind me at the watch party. So come on down. November 30th, Saturday, against the Desert Dogs. I'm going to be out there. Putt Guy's going to be out there. 
with his bottle of root beer. Uh, and we might get some other people out there. I'm just saying. So join us for that. If you're unable to join us for that, there might be a couple of us who are at the same establishments the following week versus Tampa Bay. We might not be. We're not sure. But we're going to be bringing some stuff. And we're going to be giving away some stuff. Are you interested in a Kevin LeBanc piggy bank? The shark. You might be able to pick one of those up at the watch party. Tell a friend... Come on down. Again, Saturday, November 30th, 5 o'clock is the game start. But you want to win some stuff, including the jersey behind me, come on down. With that said, again, Sharks are 7th out of 8th right now in the Pacific. But let's see how everybody else is faring this evening. And with that, I will say... I have the goddamn common courtesy to give him a reach around. That's right. So, let's talk about what else happened in the NHL this evening. We start in Buffalo, where the Wild had a 4-1 victory. Again, Alex Stalock, former Sharks, mm-hmm, gets another win. Just saying. In Florida, the Panthers were winners 5-2 over Philadelphia. The Devils lose yet again. What a shocker to the Bruins. What a shocker. 5-1. The Islanders are victorious over the Penguins. Man, what happened to the Penguins this season? Mm, you love to see it. Uh, the Islanders 5-4 victorious in overtime. God damn, the Islanders. Stop winning, would you? In Columbus, the Blue Jackets are victorious 5-2 over Montreal. In Detroit, Detroit lost. And you kind of go, yeah, well, just, and then you go, wait, they lost to the Senators? Yes, they did, 4-3. to It was one of those kind of games. In St. Louis, booyah, the Blues pick up a 3-1 win against the Lightning? Really? A potential Stanley Cup matchup? God, I hope not. Yeah, me too. Just saying. Uh, in Nashville, the Jets, oh, hella buck was hella yeah. 2-1 <laughs> over the Predators. Just saying. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks p- take a loss on the chin from the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, and that one, yeah, you know what? When it comes to Chicago, yeah, you love to see it. Uh, dude, the game of the night for me, aside from the Sharks, of course, the Dallas Stars 6-1 over Vancouver. Whoopa, Boro Horvat throwing down the only one in this one. And oh my God, Corey Perry even scored in this. That's how lopsided this game was. (laughs) And then, oh, oh, no, I was about to say finally, but it wasn't finally. The Avalanche. Beat the Flames 3-2. to two. Um, From what I understand, um, uh, Burakovsky, how, how do you not get a hat trick in this one? I don't know. But anyway, the Flames, dude, what happened to our Calgary Flames? Finally, the Golden Knights 4-2 over Toronto. I think we all saw that coming, even though there was a sliver of hope in that game for Toronto. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, uh, Dangle is like fitting himself for a length of rope. It, it happens, but that's your reach around. Um, finally, the one thing I do want to talk about, and 
after this will be done and and I don't want to say that too quickly because I I I said I would throw it to the chat comments and then I like stopped looking at the chat. So no, nobody said Vancouver. Uh <laughs> <laughs> let me just throw it in a bit. Okay. Anyway, um so again, I, I put all the information out there about the watch party, so please come and join us. Evidently, Puck Guy, if you can believe this. Buck guy might give away one of his game worn jerseys if we get to 900 subscriptions by 11:29. That's tight. If we can get to 1900 subs on YouTube the day before of it, Puck guy's bringing a game worn jersey. Now, will it be a uh, uh, Zub Zubis? <laughs> it could be. It could be. But either way, game worn is pretty tight. Either way, I think we're all looking at this jersey behind me. Who doesn't want a Sharks Freak? These things are literally going for $100 on eBay right now. So come on down. Uh, but finally, the thing that I do want to talk about, uh, for those of you who do not know, there was a little bit of a melee between the Anaheim Ducks and the Washington Capitals yesterday. It did not go well. And it was just, and you have to take into account, this is towards the end of the second period. Capitals are up 3-0. Garnet Hathaway lost control. Now, I understand heat of the moment. Believe you me, I get heat of the moment. However, hockey jerk. Have you ever felt the desire that, you know what, I am so pissed off that I'm going to spit on you? Ever? Has there ever been a time? Uh, okay, so my headphones came unplugged, but I think you're asking me if anybody's ever been spat on before? Well, I'm asking, have you ever been so blindingly pissed off that you felt the desire to spit on somebody? Oh, not at all. And like, don't get me wrong. I've definitely been super pissed off before, but I mean, anyway, you slice it. Like it's like, disrespectful. I'm it's totally. not hygienic. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hygienic. Like, I'm totally like down to like just punch you right in the throat. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But Hathaway just straight now. Like I'm not defending what Hathaway did. Now, uh, what was the cat's name? What, what's his name? G Gubertson? Gooderson? What's Good Branson. Good Branson. Now, did Good Branson completely sucker punch him prior to that happening? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, still, you know how you get away? You, you, you punch him back in the face harder. You don't spit. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're gonna get yourself kicked out of a game, anyways, you might as well do something that's not gonna get you suspended. Yeah, and so and, and great that you mentioned that. So we did hear earlier today that uh, Hathaway would get a hearing for that. I I'm still when I watched the replay, I I was blown away. I was, are you did did I just really see that? I couldn't, I, dude. I I was blown away. I could not believe that Hathaway spit on him. Like it's just. I, I, I think with with something like that, I mean, it's never it's never happened before to my recollection. So it kind of makes you wonder what's going to be know the of. 
Yeah, <laughs> yes, that we know. So it kind of makes you wonder what the penalty is going to be. Like, because of how serious this is, I mean, you, you've spat on somebody. Like, because of how serious that is, like, do you throw five games, six games, seven games at him? Because I mean, it, you, it's dude, like you make a great point. Because this is something I've never, I've never seen this before. And and, and we've seen, I know in the past we've seen, like it, it it varies on case to case. But like you know, your typical like head headshots, boardings, that's kind of stuff. They range based on the severity of the injury. But like stuff where it's like kind almost kind of like isolated incidents. You know, like I know, I know Ryan Getzlaff got dinged for like an offensive slur, and I know. There have been some other situations, you know, abusive official, that kind of stuff. There's kind of like not one-offs, but just less common stuff. Like, I don't know. I don't know where you go because like punching somebody in the face, like, yeah, that's kind of messed up, but it, it comes with the territory. But like for you to spit on somebody, like that's like the ultimate disrespect. Like, yeah, that's, that really is like, you'd almost see a guy like rather take a knee to the boys then didn't have that happen. Uh, Anthony's saying, but Hathaway had his arm tied up by the linesman and couldn't punch back. Uh, still, that's that's no excuse to spit on somebody. That's a case of you take the number and you get him the next shift or the next opportunity whenever that happens, either later in the game or the next game. You do not spit on somebody. That's just... And I, I will say this to Anthony, just to kind of tack on to that a little bit mm-hmm. in in a situation like that when you're in a fight a, a fracas a rumble we'll say <laughs> the the most annoying thing ever is when somebody's holding you back and yes. i actually and i actually thought about this when i'm watching the game like if i'm in that position and the, because if you watch it the linesman is holding hathaway back but the guy i believe it's still good branson at this point that he's linked up with because i know hathaway yeah. got into it with a couple people the Ducks player that Hathaway was linked up with at this moment in time was not being held back by a linesman. And so I'm thinking, like, watching this and also in my own situation, I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm going to say to the linesman, to the linesman, like, either hold him back or let me go because I'm not taking a punch in the face just because you're holding me. Yeah. And, yeah, and again, not an excuse to spit on somebody. I mean, like you said, I would have much <laughs> rather just, just taken the number and think, okay, I'm gonna mess this guy up later. But if you want to find something here, I I could see where maybe some desperation would creep in in his situation. But still, no excuse at all. Like I said, slap him with five games because it's it's just rude. Like you can like in my own personal experience, like you can shove me, push me, punch me, call me any slur, any name, anything in the book. You can come onto this podcast and tell me I'm a stupid idiot. I don't care. But if you spit on me, it's who watch out. It's over. Okay. Like, <laughs> but but how funny though is it going to be? Where it's like, <laughs> work with me here, okay? Hathaway, five games per spitting. Oh, Kuznetsov, cocaine? Nah, it's only three. <laughs> yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> like and, I just don't even know how you balance that out. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> that's. It no, just you're goes, you're you're right. <laughs> right? It's I, I just don't even know how to go with that. Uh finally, uh just a just a funny little piece because we were we're already like 20, 25 minutes over our normal time. So let's just write it out. Um and the, again, this is just the thing that I think is insanely funny. Um uh, the Seattle general manager Ron Francis said that 
evidently has reported today that he hopes that the uh, expansion franchise in Seattle will announce their name in the first quarter or at the very least the first half of next year, which I find very funny since two weeks ago it was announced that they would that that the name would be announced during the all-star game which comes in january which is definitely in the first half of the season or the first half of the year <laughs> just, really <laughs> i just got a kick out of that when i saw that reported where i was just like oh you you hope that's announced in the first half of the year do you <laughs> <laughs> okay, you, you know when the All-Star game is, right? And you know what you guys already said, but okay, sure. Anyway, that was one of the things I just wanted to uh, dump out there. Anyway, want to thank you all for watching the show tonight. Again, I apologize to our affiliates. We ran a little long tonight. Uh, coming up at Vegas on Thursday, we will be here, of course, because we're here after every single Sharks game. Come and join us again Saturday, November 30th. During the game versus the Desert Dogs, we will be at IBU Stuffed Pizza in Milpitas. Come down. Have a few slices. I do need to put it out there for the people who are not beer aficionados. They also serve soda pop and water and all those types of things. So if you like insanely awesome pizza but are not a fan of the brew, we're still here for you. And again, this jersey behind me will be part of what we're doing. We're going to have some really cool giveaways uh, and just having a lot of fun. We might even, you know what, uh, I'm going to throw this out there, even a, a Teal Town beer coaster, <laughs> right? How cool is one of those? They, they fact, are very I think, cool. In fact, if I remember correctly, I think we actually, we actually have one of these signed by Auntie Suamela. We'll Ooh. give one of those out too. So, uh, do they have Dr. Pepper? I think they might. Uh, so come join us, uh, watch the game with myself and putt guy and whoever else may reveal themselves, but we shall be down there November 30th. Join us for the watch party. It should be a lot of fun. Why wouldn't it be right? Uh, <laughs> so with that, it's probably time to get out of here because that's what time it was about a half an hour ago. So, Hockey Jerk, we had a really fun time on the Pucknologist last Sunday, so go catch that out. But where now, in case it has changed, where can they find you on the social media? How much is it to follow you, and how much is it to get a reaction or a retweet? <laughs> well, first thing I want to say, you, you brought up the Teal Town USA coasters, and every time you do, it makes me laugh so much because – at the home opener this season, you came up to me and you said, hey, pass these out to people. Yeah, because they're and you, awesome. And you handed me like five. And I got to be honest with you, I kept all five. Uh, That's how awesome <laughs> they are. They they are. They, they they live on my desk when I want to have a, have a nice soda. I'm not going to say what kind of soda because they're not a sponsor. But when I have a nice soda, right. I'll uh, – you know, slap it on there. We water rings on on the nice wood desk. You don't need that in your life. Um, if you agree with my takes on woodworking, uh, and you want to know more, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, if you if you enjoyed what you heard tonight, you enjoy the pucknologist, you enjoy what I have to say, my opinions, my jokes, my 
demeanor, I guess. Uh, you can follow me on the Twitter machine at uh, hockey underscore jerk. Don't be alarmed. Uh, my avatar is an picture of Zach Cashian from the Edmonton Oilers for the next week because I lost a bet. But, oh, ouch. Yes, but I still love the Sharks, obviously, despite not living in San Jose anymore. They're still my team. Never going to change. Uh, so, yeah, big things happening. Uh, I will just say that. <laughs> there you go. Uh, something else we might be giving away versus Arizona. How about some season, you know, a, a pair of tickets to a cool game? <laughs> So might even see- be thrown those. I'm not giving away season tickets. I was gonna say, like, how uh, do I sign a- up? No, I was <laughs> say, I, maybe we give away some tickets to a game that are from a season ticket holder, which allows you to get that early 15 minute, you know, 365 or GTFO entrance. <laughs> you know, get you in there early. So we might be throwing that. I am AJ underscore Strong on all the Twitter properties, all the Instagram, social media things, and all the, the, the yes. Bitch, you know me. <laughs> That's where I am. So with that, we love you guys. Thank you very much for watching. I hope you enjoyed this Pucknologist takeover of After Dark. We will see you following Vegas. Ugh. At Vegas. And we will also find out if Evander Kane can pay off his tab. So... With that, thank you very much for watching. As always, keep it real, keep it teal, and keep it real teal. We will see you all on the next show.